The financial regulatory scene has been extraordinarily active in the past number of years, with a wide range of supervisory and enforcement themes on the central bank's agenda. But what's in play this coming year? I'm Sinead Riley, a professional support lawyer here at Arthur Cox, and this is our new podcast series, The Arthur Cox Regulatory Investigations Review. For this series, I've brought together three of my colleagues, Jennifer McCarthy, who heads our insurance and reinsurance group. Hello. Rob Kane, the head of our financial regulation group. Hi, Sinead. And Richard Willis from our litigation, dispute resolution and investigations group. Hi, Sinead, and hi to Rob and Jennifer also. Hi, uh, Jennifer, Rob and Richard, and thank you for joining me for this podcast series. This episode, our first episode, will involve some horizon scanning on your part. So I want to look at what sectors are on the central bank's radar for 2021, what's happening with business interruption insurance, where we're at with the dual pricing review, and when we're likely to see legislation on SEER and all of that. So certainly plenty to discuss today. But looking at the activity of the central bank last year, there was a definite shift in focus from retail banks. And indeed, the governor of the central bank confirmed as much in a speech he delivered just last week, in fact, on the 25th of January, when he commented that the central bank's focus is beyond just banks. And one sector in particular that was firmly on the central bank's radar last year was the insurance sector. And it's a pretty safe bet to say that this is likely to continue in 2021 and probably beyond while business interruption insurance and related issues remain on the agenda. Richard, I might come to you first on this. What's the current state of play with business interruption insurance? Thanks, Sinead. Yeah, without a doubt, the insurance sector will continue to be an area of focus for 2021 and not just for the central bank, but also for the courts, both here and abroad. So in terms of the courts, the current state of play is that the UK Supreme Court gave its judgment on the UK business interruption insurance test case about two weeks ago on the 15th of January. And as a result of that judgment, many thousands of policyholders in the UK will now be able to recover for business interruption losses caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. And in addition to the particular policies that were the subject of it, the test case, it's estimated that 700 types of policies held by approximately 370,000 UK policyholders and issued by 60 different insurers may be affected by the decision. And this all apparently equates to an estimated 1.2 billion in claims. The UK Supreme Court is due to publish declarations on its decision to give further clarity and greater guidance to the affected parties in the coming weeks, which will bring the UK litigation to a close. But don't expect this to be the last you will hear of the decision or the issues arising from it. It will have ramifications for future insurance litigation, both in the UK and elsewhere, including Ireland. And here we're waiting on a judgment from the Irish High Court in the business interruption insurance test case taken by a number of publicans against FBD insurance. Where's that case at, Richard? Well, we should have a decision in that case this coming Friday, the 5th of February. Um, the Irish High Court had intended to deliver its decision on the 15th of January last, the same day as the UK Supreme Court delivered its judgment, but they deferred doing so, and sensibly, I think, to allow the parties to make submissions 
on the UK Supreme Court's decision. But as I said, we should have a decision from the Irish High Court this Friday, and we will review and consider that once we receive it. And we should speak again once that decision comes out, uh, once you've had a chance to analyse it, of course. Absolutely, Sinead. Very happy to do that. And then I think just for a second, just coming back to the central bank, they are also engaging with the insurers on business interruption. And in particular, the central bank published its business interruption insurance supervisory framework last August, setting out what it expects from insurers when dealing with claims arising under business interruption insurance policies as a result of COVID-19, how it intends to engage with insurers and its overall approach to supervision in this area. And Jennifer, I imagine that you have a lot more additional detail on this. Thanks, Richard. Well, a lot has been written about what the framework provides in terms of specific principles on the treatment of BI claims. But I think what is particularly interesting are the themes that emerge clearly from the framework as a whole. Um, Firstly, accountability. As we know, it's high in the central bank's agenda and is very clearly prevalent here. Uh, The onus is squarely on the board of directors and senior managers to be able to demonstrate that BI-related claims are handled in compliance with the principles set out in the framework, but also that the board understands and endorses the approaches taken by their firms in handling these claims. And this is actually very similar to the output from the differential pricing interim report, which we'll speak about a little later. Um, The other theme which comes through is uh, that the framework is unsurprisingly customer centric with a heavy emphasis on what the central bank perceives as fairness and fair treatment to customers. However, when you look through the framework, I think the way in which the central bank is considering what is fair to consumers is resulting in a pretty heavy lift for insurers. And a lot of it is expected of them, particularly where a policy term is unclear uh, in those circumstances much of what the insurer is to take into account is actually outside of the policy wording and in some cases goes quite far. Uh, For example, if um, it requires the insurer to consider any internal debates or discussions at any level within the business as to what a term means when it's deciding whether a term was clear or not. And that raises a number of practical issues for compliance, I think. Sinead, I might just add here that all of this chimes with what the governor said in the speech he gave last week that you referenced at the outset that one of the central bank's key work programs of 2021 is the adoption of a customer-focused approach by insurers to the resolution of business interruption issues arising from COVID-19. And in fact, the review of the Consumer Protection Code 2012, the CPC, more generally. That's right, Rob. And I think that one of the other interesting aspects of the business interruption insurance framework is how the look and feel of it will be familiar to those involved in the tracker mortgage investigations, which, as we know, required financial institutions to redress certain tracker mortgage customers and which has led to a number of subsequent investigations by the central bank under its administrative sanctions procedures. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, There are definite similarities and the central bank is certainly evolving in terms of its supervisory approach. I imagine once the High Court delivers its judgment, the central bank will quickly reach out to the insurance sector to ensure that the framework's being complied with. And we saw in the UK that the Financial Conduct Authority at the FCA issued DCO letters on the back of the Supreme Court judgment there, and we'd expect their CPI to follow suit here. Richard, you mentioned the tracker mortgage investigation there, and Rob talked about the central bank's evolving supervisory approach. Can the insurance sector expect a more experienced central bank investigations team 
on the back of the lessons learned in the tracker mortgage investigation? I think so, Sinead. And naturally, as the tracker mortgage investigations conclude, the central bank teams involved will take other investigations on board. Those teams have the benefit of the legal forensic accounting, project management forensic IT and e-discovery resources with significant experience built up over the tracker investigations and no doubt will hone their approach as they move to the next series of investigations in the insurance sector or otherwise. Indeed, as we discussed earlier, the parallels between the tracker mortgage and business interruption frameworks are already apparent and evidences to us that the central bank's tracker playbook is evolving into its next iteration. Yes, and I know you're certainly familiar with the tracker playbook. Jennifer, dual pricing in the insurance sector was on the central bank's agenda before COVID-19 and before business interruption insurance, and it featured very prominently in the news last year. Is this a priority area for the year ahead? Uh, Yes, it is, Sinead. The review is now in phase three and is expected to conclude later this year. So I expect we'll be hearing a lot about it. So just to take a step back, the differential or dual pricing refers to any pricing practice, which leads to customers with a similar risk and cost of saving paying different premiums for the same cover or the practice of loyal customers consistently paying the highest premiums. Uh, In early 2020, the CBI became uh, concerned about the inequity of those practices and commenced a review of the pricing practices of insurers, uh, particularly in the home and motor insurance markets. Uh, The CBI has recently published the key outputs from its review to date in an interim report. And as you said, Sinead, the issue featured quite a lot in the media throughout the course of last year. And that's set to continue as it's been highlighted as a 2021 work stream and the government's action plan for insurance reform. So we should have the central bank's final report later in the year. Was there anything of note in the interim report? Well, the interim report, I suppose, confirmed that differential pricing practices are in widespread use amongst insurance providers and that insurers are not analysing how their pricing practices might be unfair to particular cohorts of customers whether that's older customers who are possibly less comfortable comparing quotes online or customers who stick with one insurer as they find insurance jargon difficult to understand. Um, But the key takeaway really is that the central bank expects firms to understand the effects of its pricing practices on everyone and to, I suppose, set the tone from the top down with full board engagement on assessing the fairness of those pricing practices and those effects. So reform is most certainly on the horizon. Uh, Yes, but it's worth emphasising that reform is not just coming from the central bank. This is also a key political issue. In fact, Deputy Pierce Doherty presented a private member's bill to ban differential pricing in the Dáil in December. Uh, But the government has strongly indicated that it won't support any legislation in this area until the central bank finishes its review and its proposals for reform are available. And as I said, we expect that to be most likely the latter part of this year. Having said that, though, the CBI's expectations are clear and have been clearly articulated and insurers are now on notice that they must be prepared to defend the fairness of their pricing practices if they're called upon to do so. And that there must be a demonstrable alignment between their pricing practices and the consumer focused values we've been speaking about. Rob, anything further to watch from the financial regulatory perspective? 
Well, we saw a lot of central bank activity over the last 12 to 18 months in the investment fund sector with work done in relation to CP86, Brexit, of course, and closet indexing, for example. The central banks also indicated that it's going to be increasingly focused on wholesale market conduct issues in future, such as market abuse, and on common issues impacting some of the new investment firms operating in Ireland post-Brexit, like reporting lines and governance, for example. And some of these latter themes were picked up in a thematic review of a number of algorithmic trading firms last year. The central bank's focus on wholesale markets is necessary, and it's driven mainly by the much more sophisticated and complex financial services sector that's now operating in Ireland, particularly in the market infrastructure and trading space post-Brexit. Ireland's an important uh, European jurisdiction now for securities trading and wholesale markets activity, and this is largely new territory for the central bank. And as we saw last week with the extraordinary trading activity in GameStop in the US and the pressures that has placed on a number of trading firms like Robinhood, for example, being a securities regulator could be extremely challenging and give rise to a host of political as well as regulatory issues. Indeed. And before we finish, Rob, what's the latest on the long awaited legislation for the Senior Executive Accountability Regime or SEER as it's more commonly known? Well, we're still waiting to see the draft legislation that's required to implement the new regime. It's been delayed for many months, but it was referenced in the government's spring legislative programme, so we could well see it sometime soon. And once the legislation is published, we expect that the central bank will undertake a consultation process on the various regulations and guidelines that will be required to flesh out the regime. So we're hopeful that we'll see something from both the government and the central bank on SEER in the coming months. And just as a final comment, the central bank's clearly moving to a mode of supervision enforcement that involves much more individual accountability and liability. And we've particularly seen that in the fitness and probity space. So it's important to note that the SEER regime is really just part of that broader narrative. And it therefore be very interesting to see how the central bank uses its new powers and how it applies the new regime in practice. Thanks, Rob. Um, so all in all, it looks like there is a busy year ahead on the financial regulatory front with business interruption insurance, dual pricing, SEER, and there's a host of topics and issues of more broader significance to the industry that we didn't even get a chance to talk about today, like ESG and Brexit. Everything is challenging, obviously, while operating in the midst of the pandemic. But nonetheless, and as we've seen in the past year, the central bank is clearly intent on driving forward with its agenda. So some very interesting times ahead. Thank you again to Jennifer McCarthy, head of our insurance and reinsurance group, Rob Kane, head of our financial regulation group, and Richard Willis from our litigation, dispute resolution and investigations group. That made for a very informative um, discussion and it was great to get your different insights, perspectives and predictions for the coming year. And let's speak again once the High Court delivers its decision in the FBD business interruption insurance case. And to our listeners, if you have any questions on anything we discussed today, or if there is any particular issue you would like to hear more about, please feel free to contact Jennifer, Rob, Richard or myself. Thank you for listening and goodbye for now.